and one of the uh, temptations or tests in the wilderness was Jesus uh, being asked to turn stones into bread. And what would have happened if he had done that? He would not have been hungry. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just call uh, it what it is. He could have made a good sandwich. Maybe the 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 right. delusion of the devil showing up tempting him would have gone away and he would have been like oh i'm in a freaking desert i'm really hungry yeah yeah see, see yeah, i was gonna say can we turn these stones into beer I'm not- Welcome to episode 224 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And as always, that good brew might be one of our very own super duper cute branded of the LG Life tumblers whether you are first time listener long time listener you can enjoy your beverage where's your shannon no no like, my glass is super cute but it it's not our <laughs> it's not our it's not our branded glass that's okay that's okay you're still allowed um you can claim one of these if you become a patron head over to patreon.com slash pt live um, get this tumbler for supporting our show uh, sign up for one of our plans you also get access to pre and post your banter and extra content visit patreon.com slash pt live and as always we are grateful for our current patrons this week we'll be talking about jesus in the desert artificial utopia autonomous vehicles and the ukraine so what are we drinking today are we all drinking today? Yeah. Well, I, um, I am clearly always. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm going to work out later, but it's enough time that we're, you know. Yeah. Why don't you kick us off, Shannon? What do you got? Okay. So I am finishing. Um, we had some work done on our house and had to shorten the cabinet that was our liquor cabinet. And so our bottles don't fit in it. And so we... Like oh. all of our bottles now sit out. Sweet. This bookshelf. In that a way good or that bad? Like, um, well, Jury's <laughs> <laughs> still out. <laughs> so I am. I am trying to finish mm-hmm. bottles. So this has, you know, a, a drink left in it. So this is um, Hanson of Sonoma's grape-based organic vodka, and it is a Meyer lemon flavored vodka, wow. which I am mixing with um, Newman's Old. Uh, own virgin lemonade and my glass which is a, a very large wine glass which my sister got me i think i've put liquid in it hold on to for you to see it um which has a fermata on it my sister works for the atlanta symphony orchestra it has a fermata on it um and underneath it says hold me sweet <laughs> and music nerds will get that and it's super nice. funny <laughs> so that's what i am drinking so Brian, what are you drinking? Wow, mine is not as fancy or as complicated as all that. I have a uh, Camper Hazy IPA from Big Lake Brewing uh, right here in Holland. It is a bold New England IPA with a burst of citrus forward hops. Nice. I'm add more, uh, more lemonade. <laughs> I, I, I say nice, even though I don't like IPAs. It sounds nice. Okay, what are you I'm drinking? I'm drinking, I'm, I have nothing else after this. So I'm drinking the biggest beer that was in my fridge. Um, <laughs> this is the uh, Paulaner Oktoberfest. I mean, I don't know why oh. I'm drinking Oktoberfest in March, but it's never a bad time for an October. Oh yeah, no, that's a good one. So yeah. That's a good like standard one. Like if you yes. go to a, if you go to a like German beer house, they'll always have that. By the way, this, um, this distillery other flavors profiles are cucumber, mandarin, ginger, habanero. 
and Meyer lemon. Ooh, I like okay, that. So I got to ask, can you taste all those notes? When you, like, there. Well, this one is just Meyer lemon. So yeah, the oh. vodka very much does. So this was a bottle I bought for one of our drinks for music and cocktail night that we drank probably three fourths of that night. <laughs> and then like the rest I've been slowly drinking <laughs> over the last year. Um, but that's the different flavors they make of their vodka. So if you see this Hanson's organic, like check out, I might have to try the habanero or we make our own, like we'll take um, uh, fruit and vegetables that are on their way very close to being out and stick them in vodka and make our own infused vodka. But I love that. Anyway. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the vegetable, the vegetable part of that. Like I'm curious. Cucumber and gin. Like if you put cucumbers in gin, it's very, it's really refreshing. Make a martini, put cucumbers in gin, muddle it, strain it when like after a couple of weeks and then make a martini out of that. I don't even like cucumber. And that is like summer day. So good. I'm very convinced. I am not a clear liquor person. For me, clear liquors are just like, you know, I don't better. Vodkas the word need I to be flavored, right? Oh, like I'm a vodka needs to be flavored person. Like, yeah. Or gin, it has to, or it has to be in a Bloody Mary or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have a friend that drinks vodka straight, and I, I don't understand that. No, me neither. Um, are they good vodka straight? Are they Russian? Take a shot of vodka without making a face. All right, let's go. A nice glass. Here you go. Nazdrovye. Um, I do have a friend that's Russian that like, he tells these stories that like vodka's too smooth right now. And I'm like, um, okay. He's like, no, it's supposed to like burn your whole, like burn you from the inside out. And you're like, have you heard of scotch? <laughs> right, exactly. That's funny. I'm like, mm, okay. Anyway, so it's right. a, it's definitely a mixer. Vodka's the last, Thing we buy and we really only buy it to mix with yeah. fruit and vegetables that need to go you know exactly whatever. it's good to have on hand it's good to have on hand anyway on to today's topics all right well so we are not recording on our usual day we are recording this on a no. monday what is your favorite day of the week and why <laughs> would you say shannon <laughs> day off is my favorite day of the week <laughs> you know i was i was gonna say something similar i'm like my it's 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 so weird to observe my energy and thoughts around days of the week now that i'm not working full-time right because it was the same thing when i wasn't working full-time days off that's it but my my days are a lot more fluid now so i i have days off half days off hours on stretch off sprinkled around the week sometimes i'm working like all day multiple days of the week i don't know that i have a favorite day anymore and no. some days i don't even know what day of the week it is <laughs> exactly. and and again it's not that i'm like on vacation with my feet up on the table i'm just i think i'm i'm, I'm changing my relationship to work and how mm -hmm. i define work and and see work um but um i tend to make sure that saturday um is not work related um um even my girlfriend she she has saturday and sundays off so i try to keep saturday absolutely clear so at least we have one day we can do things together um so maybe for that reason saturday is the front runner right now but yeah i don't know that i specifically have a favorite but not to get cheesy but any day we do this podcast is one of my favorite days because I'm realizing, uh -huh. I'm realizing, I'm really, this is like my therapy, y'all. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you speaking for two of us. <laughs> so now Brian and you are having therapy during these hours. I need to start charging. Yeah, I was going to say, Shannon's like, <laughs> this is like my, my therapy, my processing. This is, this is like, like, and I, and I realize, and I don't realize how much it is until like maybe a week goes by and I don't do it for some reason, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I'm like, damn, like I miss them. I miss the talking. I miss the show. So like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, I said it. I said it. Excuse to have a beer. <laughs> well, I don't need that excuse. <laughs> I saw this. I was watching reels. So one of the things like I was so I was so tired and like um, I was trying to rest like in the calm of the storm last week as much as I could. But like I was, my head was going, so I was like flipping through reels or whatever on Instagram. Yeah. And one of them was this comedian that was like, 
why do you Americans have to define everything like day drinking versus night drinking? Like it's just drinking and like whatever. And I was like, yeah, but you know, this is an excuse to day drink. So yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's a very reasonable time to day drink, but nonetheless. So I'm not sure I have a favorite day of the week per se. I think I think my favorite time of the week is after church is done Sunday and I have nothing the rest of that day. That feels like the closest thing I have to a favorite day of the week, I guess. And and I don't you know was- and I don't not include like Sunday morning, I guess, because I enjoy that, but it's also work. So I don't know. You cannot include it. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, I was sitting in here like, saying Sunday and we're not. <laughs> like the should just like went really high. Because you well, like it doesn't and, mean it's your favorite. <laughs> well, and for that reason, like I would have to say Friday in the way that like, yeah. if I have Friday, Saturday off, which is what I try to take off. Friday's the day, like, begin and end the day without the worry of what's you know, mm-hmm. Saturday, it's like half about halfway through the afternoon, you're starting to like, you're starting to work, right? You're yes. starting to process the next day and whatever. So, yeah. so Friday's really on that true day off, you know, kind of thing. But anyway. Yeah, I think my, my Thursday feels more like a Friday because I don't take Friday and Saturday off. So then like once Friday comes, it's like all steam ahead to, you know, make so sure you have a date day that you take fully off is thursday your fully day off do you have a like me yeah no i mean i try i today is the day i try to take off but it's it's only partially successful all right we got we we got to work on that (laughs) yeah you know work in progress i need two days in a row like oh i need that full day without after and then i need the day to like yeah anyway that's just yeah and then i don't get it like this week i get all whatever but anyway i need to go to the wilderness for 40 days maybe that's yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so uh yeah yesterday was the first sunday in lent and uh normally the lectionary uh will bring us with jesus into the desert and one of the uh, temptations or tests in the wilderness was jesus uh being asked to turn stones into bread and what would have happened if he had done that? He would not have been hungry. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just call uh, it what it is. He could have made a good sandwich. Maybe the 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 right. delusion of the devil showing up tempting him would have gone away, and he would have been like, "Oh, I'm in a freaking desert. I'm really hungry." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seeing seeing things. You mean this whole time these stones could could turn to bread? Could 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 be. Duh, we're in the desert. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! (laughs) I feel like the story really went, is that he tried to eat one of the stones, (laughs) thinking it was bread, and then he was like, the devil made me do it! That's what he told the devil. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So... sermon yesterday would have told you that that those temptations were um things of idolatry perceived something pulling away from god that is the shiny object okay Mm -hmm. and i used this quote by katie bowler who wrote a new book called Good Enough, which we're kind of using for our theme for, not kind of, we are using for our theme for Lent, um, Good Enough, Living a Life of Imperfection. And um, she uses this great question that um, is, what is idolatry except for beautiful things that do not transform us? Mm. And so I, that was kind of the question that was put out and that if Jesus had turned stones into, into bread or taken the authority that, you know, the, the, the worldly authority or, you know, jumped from the pinnacle and had God saved, then that was, those were, 
were um, temptations of, of idols um, that are tempting, that are beautiful things that could have been done that would not have transformed us spiritually. So mm. Nice. And, temp and temptations of ego. Nailed it. And temptations of ego, right? Yeah. Which is and exactly. No, it, exactly. Like the authority and the, you know, the temple and God say, like, that's all ego. That's power. That's, but, but specifically the bread, you know, the bread is a, um, it's just, it, it's a representation of a shiny object, you know, like this will give you happiness, you know, kind of thing. So are we, are we to learn from this episode that um, that we too have the power to say no to things, or is this a look? Jesus is the uniquely divine Son of God, and this proves something about who He was, sort of thing. Or, or is it a combination? I I think it's I think it's yes. We have the power to say no. But for me, it's 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 never the question of what we do or don't do. It's why we do and why we don't do, right? So so, I uh, I, I I don't think anything is inherently good or bad. It's it's about it's about why we it's about the motivation behind it and 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 to to a point because it might be a good intention but still have a negative impact on someone else. But we also, but I always encourage people: Are we being motivated by by fear or or love? Are we being motivated by by ego or humility? Right, and then depending on that answer, will guide whether we still step into doing the thing that we're doing or not. We can do a lot of good from a very egotistical place, you know. Right, and, and that's not that's not ideal either. Um, um, my, my sermon this Sunday was basically the same point Shannon made. I used the, the, the rich man coming to Jesus. That was the verse I used and the camel entering the eye of the needle, uh, sorry, the rich man entering heaven, camel, eye of the needle, that whole mess, you know, the rich man riding the, the camel while doing needlework. There you go. That's, that's, that's the one. That's the <laughs> one. Um, and, and, and to say the to rich man like, is. <laughs> is likely to enter the kingdom of heaven as a camel is to go through the eye of a needle listen sunday was a whole you're day ago for. it is all gone it was a whole day ago and it's i get it gone. it's all gone um but 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 again that question what what is it that we are holding on to especially internally that right that is that that is not allowing us to experience the fullness of divinity and and that's what that's about you could be rich and experience the fullness of div divinity. You could be poor. It's not about the things, but if for you money is the is the, the again idolatry, and I brought it all down all the way down to even our very definitions of God, right? Um, our, our our personal theologies. Are we holding on to those out of out of fear, out of out of out of uh, the 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 how they make us feel, or are we even willing to question those and let those go? in order to experience what's beyond that because any debt for me any any definition of god is limited and in and of itself it's a form of idolatry but to begin to release those so that we can see what's beyond that and experience what's beyond that that's that's the journey and that's that's a, a, a that could be a potentially scary sort of paradox to let go of god in order to experience god yeah, that, that gets real tricky, right? Because it's true that God is sort of that that ultimate mystery that we can't fully comprehend um, or, def or define or nail down. And yet to say that there can't be any definitions also feels very murky. And and they and they shouldn't they they shouldn't be though, right? Because we get we get stuck in the definitions. And then especially we get stuck in the my definition is better than your definition. My definition is the right, yours isn't. Yeah. So, that, so the certainty we can. We can. I, I, but we can. I think some I think some sort of descriptors like like love and and um source of all that is, you know, I think there's some things that to me feel like they're broad enough that they aren't like, haha, mine's bigger or better. It's just this is like through the scriptural witness and my own experience and, and, you know, a certain level of faith that mm -hmm. these things are, are ways I describe God. 
they don't limit God, but I think they're part of the picture. Does that make sense? And, and to say that we can't use any words, then it feels like, well, what are we even doing here? We're just like throwing the alphabet in the air and whatever it lands is, is what just, it is. We're just open to the beingness. We're not, we're not. I think from the time we try to articulate, we begin to limit because that's, because the words the words have limits that's so true. that's why it's a paradox right it's right and yes as you said yep Whew. okay so just getting back to this text for a second <laughs> yeah i was gonna say can we turn these stones into beer i mean <laughs> well well one i mean i think this is actually what you were just saying is why it's important to go to the desert or why it's important to have days of silence or why it, right because language mm -hmm. is limiting and yet without it we it, it it needs to be both it's a tool thing. that we have yeah yeah uh, this this one of the things that has always bothered me about this scripture is it's not actually laid out in the scripture but this is the moment where this moment and maybe the garden of gethsemane gethsemane was um where we get this christ was tempted yet did not sin yet was without sin mm. And we point to this moment and we point to the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, these, this, and, and that has always bothered me in this sense of like, like, are we able to resist? Is this a lesson in resisting? And I believe like, yes, this is okay to say we are tempted and we have choices and Jesus was tempted and Jesus had choices but it's that perfection and again like i'm doing this thing about good enough and you know perfection is the root of all evil in so many ways you know but but this i take issue with christ being perfect because sin is relative like there, over and over and over again the stories are that the pharisees are challenging him because he broke the rules that is what sin is in that time and place just as what we call sin now is like well you're breaking the rules you know and and i think that all of those are relative and all of those are are um difficult so i just what do we learn from this is that it's kind of both and right yeah that like sometimes we can resist and sometimes we we take the shiny object right because we're hungry and that's okay but you know, where's, we also learn and grow and adapt in that process. So to sit there and say, you didn't resist the temptation, you're now sinful and bad. That feels like, that feels like a scarlet letter. Like that feels like forever. That is right. who you are and where you shall be. And that, that's what bothers me about that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Just don't get naked because you're on TV. <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. Turn to channel 237. Or, or do. I mean. Uh, wow. For those of you on the podcast, my husband is walking around in the background, having just come home from the gym. Yeah, tune in for Real Housemates of Baltimore or something. I, he, he just said if he wanted, if we really wanted the ratings to go up on Facebook, we could. Uh, I was going to say, fine specimen of manhood. I, you know, come on. <laughs> Don't, anyway, don't don't, right. don't don't put him in a box, okay? <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So there was a book written uh, one year before I was born uh, that may have been the inspiration for uh, the movie The Matrix. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. Uh, the book was Anarchy, State, and Utopia by Robert Nozick, and he wrote in that book: suppose there were an experience machine. That would give you any experience you desired. Super duper, this is in the book, super duper neuropsychologists <laughs> could stimulate your brain so that you could think and feel any number of things that you were writing a great novel or uh, making or meeting a friend or reading an interesting book. And all the time you would be floating in a tank with electrodes attached to your brain. Should you plug into this machine for life? pre-programming your life experiences. In other words, you could just have any kind of um, life, maybe without limit. And he says, of course, while in the tank, you won't know that you're there. You'll think it's all actually happening. So if such a machine 
existed where you would actually think this was your life and you're having all these experiences that aren't limited by a lot of the frustration and you know yeah difficult things we experience in life would you do that first of all you lose all you lose all credibility if you're using the word super duper let's get that out there i know super duper neuropsychologist okay dude where did you get your degree from well it was a super duper university super duper um and there is also a running a running theory in 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 the quantum world now that that this actually is all a uh, simulation right so so there's that too going on right now but to the question at hand would would i plug in um i'm gonna say no because i know me and it'll start as like you know just a half an hour an hour on my day off (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll plug in to go like you know travel the world yeah and visit places i can go to and i can guarantee you within the span of a month i will be like don't ever unplug me from this thing (laughs) and I well isn't that what a lot of the um vr stuff is (laughs) the the vr the 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 metaverse yeah are we taking baby steps right now right like isn't i mean isn't that part of like the danger of it is that you is that it it will be so easy yeah like real life you will not be able to function in real life it's it's like we're heading towards that's uh what is it in the movie wally remember wally yes yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. we're going there um, so the, the so I think the difference is like right now with our VR headsets, we we know this is an artificially contrived universe. Like, like nothing even looks real in that thing right now. I don't don't. But even I think they're to, doing that on purpose so that you know that your brain I, knows. I don't think that they have the technology. I think it's yet. a technology limit. <laughs> I don't think they. You have think they? That. But do you think they would go there? So you think they would go there if they had the ability to make it look? Listen, between you and me, I think Elon Musk in some secret lab on a, some secret island has this technology already. I mean, for God's sake, he's he's implant, <laughs> implanted chips in, mon- in monkeys to, to play to play pong. So I think I think the technology is in in its is maybe in its beta stage right now. Okay, um, so stay with me with this. Don't 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 get sensationalized by the sentence, but stay with me through it. Sure. I feel like this is a little bit like porn, in the sense that like the studies are that if you if you watch too much, there's a sensationalism about mm-hmm. it that like when you go to actually engage in like so men that watch too much porn can't um, masturbate porn. anymore because it's not you know, it's not good enough, right? Without that need, or they go to be in a relationship, a physical relationship with somebody and they, and it's not good enough because it's not the sensationalized version, right? It's real. The fantasy version has created a new sort of threshold or whatever. Exactly. And so, and so even if you role play out of fantasy in real life, it's not the, the same. There's, you've like, you've been rewired in a way. And yeah. that's the and and that's the closest thing I can think of to this conversation yeah. that there's been a lot of research on, you right. know, that that you begin to actually live in the fantasy world, even though it's on a screen, yeah, rather than like living in real life. And obviously this like, would be a hundred times worse because there's electrodes in your brain and you're you're actually it'd be more like a dream state where you right. it all feels like it's actually happening. Exactly. This is why you don't watch too much porn. You watch just enough porn. <laughs> it's still not a problem. Well, okay. There it is. To have a real sex life. Oh my god. Or so I've heard. Oh, yeah. Or so, or so I've so heard. heard. So, exactly. So, so and again, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to derail. But again, this is this is in my mind. This is as close as to like a reality of what's happening than you know the, of yeah. an example that I have. So years ago, I read an article about how they've developed. Um, developed artificial technology of women and they've actually been opening um i guess brothels right with Mm -hmm. these artificial women and part of the problem and so on one hand it's like well isn't that better than than the pitfalls of sex work right isn't that better than the demeaning work that comes from prostitution or you know call girls or whatever let the robots be demeaned well i mean that but there was also like 
technology that could do things that the female body couldn't do. Uh. And so it was like, well, but what, once you experience that, you, you know, like, and again, it can't substitute a woman. Anyway, it was a very fascinating article about, because again, like you're trying to think of from a progressive lens, you're trying to think of like, well, it, you know, doesn't demean women, but also on the other hand, like you, you then have this potential to have this age of men, you know, this group of men that are not able to then, you know, get off any other way. Like function in a real relationship. Function in a real relationship. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because there's just like. And maybe another analogy would be, and maybe this doesn't work, but I'm just floating this that, you know, there could be like a, a driving simulation where there are things you can do in this driving simulation that you just can't do in current vehicles. And yet, you know, you do it enough that you sort of, that's the only satisfaction you can get from driving is the kind of, you know, fake driving you can do in this sort of simulated virtual environment. And then when you go to drive in a car, it's maybe you're worse at it, or you expect to do something that the car can't actually do, and you become a worse driver. I like I like how you took that from an a, an almost X-rated scenario right down to PG thirteen. Like, Did you like? See, I was trying to I was trying to broaden the listener. You know. See, I don't. I don't. I mean, we're not specifically we're talking here, about man. anything. Come on, so don't. I think it's pretty much PG thirteen. I, I I will I will make you one more, which is professional players playing too much okay match, with- and then they go on the field. Are you okay over there, Brian? Was that making you uncomfortable that you had to bring it back? What yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say that Mario Kart has made me a worse driver. That's okay. <laughs> I also want to say that adults talking about porn in an intellectual way is not a bad conversation. No, of course not. No, I think that was a great example. No, I no, think it's that was not. Um, but the next, maybe he was trying to transition us because the be- next conversation is about cars. Oh my gosh. <sighs> wow. Well done. Maybe, maybe, Look at maybe, that. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was, but, but yes, this is, this is always, this is always the, the issue with, are we using things recreationally? Are we using to escape and avoid? So it's back to the, not so much what you do, but why you do. So, so for people, so um, I've read some articles and where, where people talk about, especially men, this is the only opportunity they're having for a sexual experience. Right. right. And I'm like, okay, but there's some deeper conversations we have to have if that's what's happening. The, um, having an experience with a sex doll is neither here nor there. But if you believe that's your only chance of an actual sexual experience, we got to have some other conversations um, around that and what has led you to this belief, what it says about maybe you and the value you're placing yourself. And again, this is not meant to shame, but meant to go like, um, you know, the 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 to to our point if we if this becomes our only reality then we are stuck in a false reality and that ultimately i don't think is healthy so there we go i think that bell was our cue for the next question (laughs) got it in under the wire time is up time is up all right i mean i didn't really answer it i think i think Oh, there's the bell. I guess we do have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, try it again. I'm not going to have it. <laughs> trying to. Oh, man. All right. So would you ride in a car or on a bus that was an autonomous vehicle? In other words, instead of a human driver, it relies on cameras, sensors, radar, and intelligent software. Yes. Yes, and I have. Okay. Share more. Um. But again, it was a very short ride. <laughs> Is it like a and, shuttle? Uh, yes. Yeah. And and I felt I felt um, at the same time very like wowed by the whole experience and very uncomfortable by the whole experience as well. But part of it was my my brain started imagining the worst case scenario, right? <laughs> yes. Like like this thing suddenly decides to take me somewhere I don't want to go. Somebody like uh, you know uh, hijacks into it. Uh, you know, and and takes it over, and and we can't we can't help ourselves. So I, I think of the all the worst case scenarios that could that could possibly happen. <clears throat> There's also the the piece of it that's like we just put some driver out of business. Uh, you know, sure. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, did you did you at least tip the robot driver? 
Yeah, uh, no, I, I did not. I, I did shine the bumper a little bit as I stepped. Oh, out, yeah, I, don't, fair I don't know. I don't know the dry, uh, the the vehicle appreciated it. Um, but 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 that's where we're heading. Whether we whether we don't like it or not, that's where we're heading. And I realized that that like for a lot of things that when I was younger, a lot of technology related things when I was younger that I was excited for, as they are coming into being, I'm becoming more scared and becoming that whole like you know, curmudgeon, get off my lawn, grandpa sort of yeah. guy, because, because I could see the potentially inherent dangers in it yeah. as, as well. And, and, but also as I investigate myself more, um, I, I, I ask myself how much of this is about my fear of not being in control of the situation. Right. Um, because if it's an autonomous vehicle, I got no saying what happens. Yeah. So I might, so is it, is it really about me being afraid of, of surrendering control, you know, which, which is a, which is a bigger question, but I think we're heading that way. And, you know, we'll see we are And you real quick, uh, Shannon, and you noted you envisioned some of the worst case scenarios. And, and so the follow-up question is in an age of autonomous vehicles, what does it mean to say, Jesus, take the wheel? <laughs> if anything, you know, I said this, I, I said in a, um, couple a few Sundays ago, um, that was one of the songs that the uh, the music team did, right? And and at this point, I don't really I don't, what. Yes, I know. <laughs> I don't. This I don't is not like, our church uh, experience, Shannon. I know. And and at this point, I don't. I don't micromanage like the music team. Yeah, I yeah. give I give them my theme for my talk and say have at it, right? Give them a wide berth. And usually, right, it works out. But he sang Jesus Take the Wheel. And the first thing after he he did this song again, I said, listen. Jesus was a first century Israelite. He wouldn't know what to do with a steering wheel. Come on. That sound never makes any sense to me. <laughs> you can take a wagon wheel, and that's a whole nother thing. There's a whole other um, thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for self-driving cars. I'm totally, yeah. I'm in. Okay. As soon as they get the technology right, I'm in. What are, I am genuinely concerned is hacking. And Ooh. it is it is my genuine concern with all of this advancement of technology of like, I don't know enough about how elections are run, but I definitely feel like that's something we put a lot of safety measures into. And if that somehow can be hacked into, or if our Alexa, you know, it can. like, <laughs> I, um, anyway, this is, that is, that is my, it is not the technology. That is my genuine fear about it is hacking. And like, what happens when all, all of our transportation gets hacked and taken over yeah when but, russian hackers decide to create chaos by you know yep yeah boy i didn't thought of uh, that mm. the uh well here's the other thing that i was all excited <laughs> now i feel like the, the bubble is burst but like but the, okay not just me who has to so you know we drive eight hours you know in a day to get our kids once a month etc cetera, etc cetera. But like, I think about the potential for seniors who need a ride to a doctor's appointment or, you know, just Mm -hmm. all of these beautiful implications for these things. And that is still my concern. Yeah, like it really could make public transportation much more ubiquitous for all kinds of people. And even in rural settings where normally there's like squat for public transit. Right, exactly. Another one of my concern is that we use that time to make ourselves work more because you know a bunch of us gonna have the yes. car drive in and we 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 on the computer well, do and things. Right. That's how We're I was good at that too of like yeah. I love a I mean sometimes I have to, but sometimes I do love a good long car ride, you know. Yeah. And and but and do you like the ride or do you like driving? I like driving. I'm sorry. Like, I like driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yes. one, I of drive. Things, one of the things we got to admit that we don't think about is that we are already in a lot of autonomous travel when we fly. Because yes. I mean, uh, the way the way commercial airlines are, the computers are flying the plane like 90% of the time, right? Um, maybe the pilots in, in control take off and land in, but once we reach cruising altitude, they're flipping on autopilot and 
you know, but it isn't it doesn't freak us out because the door the door to the cockpit is closed and we know there's humans in there. Right. So so we are we are relaxed, but but it's happening. Right. So maybe what we need to do is combine the two things we've been talking about before, which is to have autonomous vehicles with a realistic like sex doll driving <laughs> in the front of thing so that <laughs> Like so the inflatable also, pilot from the movie Airplane. From the movie Airplane. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. That's, I mean, that's if we can have sex dolls that good, why don't we have driving cars by now? But like, but seriously, I mean, you're priori- talking about... Shannon, Shannon, priorities, man. Priorities. Like, I want to <laughs> teleport. Come on. That's the thing. Stop working on autonomous cars. I want to teleport. Listen, this Let's is because this is yeah. because traditionally there are more men in science. That's the problem. If there were more women in science, yes, we we would have probably, probably solved the true. autonomous driving issue, all the issues by now. But but more men, more men traditionally in the past involved in science. So what do we get? Sex dolls. But your point is a good one that you know we have all this technology built in already to airplanes or jets, and like with. A lot of these self-driving cars they're trying to start with like you experienced like shuttles where they're going like 15 miles an hour like if we can't get yeah. 15 miles an hour right like we got we got some work to do on this technology and 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 i believe honestly it will be safer there's too many people making oh, questionable sure. driving choices it on the will be right now i'm the, one of them right but yeah um, so i think it would be safer if the challenge dogs. is like when it when which is kind of where we are, which is when we're in this middle point of older vehicles that don't have any of that capacity and human drivers, you know, once all the vehicles sort of are using this, then they're interfacing. And then it's almost like, yeah, we don't need drivers at that point. So the the simple solution is lanes, uh, lane separation, right? So I'm driving down the New Jersey Turnpike. There's that, there's that center area that's cars only. And then yeah. The divided section that's cars and trucks. So you just put the autonomous vehicles in yeah. one section, the the, the no, human I, controlled I, in I another. Think that could and, be a good solution. I just yeah. certainly and certainly between like cities where we have the larger highways set up already. Yeah, turn, you know, in just, in rural areas where you can't hike could be that way. Yeah. Interstates can be that way. I yeah. think always in city driving, you're gonna need there's gonna need to be a little bit of, you know, but even rural areas like in Iowa, there are highways that go straight for you know thousands of miles kind of thing so yeah. just let it but, happen but you're right West like Texas, you, good god well you know? good good god let it just you know <laughs> but that's also oil countries so if they're electric then they won't like that and and i mean and let's let's be clear speaking of oil the 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 urge to maintain road infrastructure is basically bankrolled by bankrolled by the oil industry to keep us in cars to buy gas that's why we in the u.s we don't have really good long-range public transportation like hyperspeed rail and stuff like they do in europe because it's about we got to keep these people in cars so they keep corporations buying gas and electric exactly. cars guess what don't need gas or oil change and less maintenance and here and 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 what's really frustrated me is so many oil companies that have, you know, bled us dry are beginning to pivot to electric yeah. and to capitalize on that, to also yeah. reap the reap the profits of that. So while I'm happy from an environmental standpoint, I'm like, why are those Cretans still, you know, yeah. getting, getting, getting well, all, all the profits? Well, did y'all see the, need to go there. the new, the like the new pickup trucks that came out that are all electric and yeah. Yeah. And they they way under calculated the demand. Like mm-hmm. everybody wants one because yes. they saw pickup trucks. Everybody's going to be wanting and like people one. want them like crazy. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think Ford already like all their their new F one fifty Lightning. They're already spoken for. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yet there's commercials for them, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, yeah. You, you don't need to advertise these things. You don't need to spend money on that Everybody but the real problem i think with autonomous vehicles is that it, it won't know it won't understand when i'm late for the game that i really we really need to step on it we need to sort of you know <laughs> we weave through traffic i mean come on which again is in the plus column really <laughs> yes but it's gonna have to sync up with my phone they're gonna have to talk to each other and be like exactly. like it's going to have to be Google Maps equipped that then talks to my phone and says, yes. okay, we need to leave right now. Yes. 
Oh, right. and they will. I mean, there's going to be a whole. I'm ready for it. See, yeah. I'm I'm so ready. Just yeah, yeah. Ha fix hacking. Fix it. Like and then I'll be <laughs> make busy. it hack proof. Yeah. Make it hack proof, and I'm good to go. There you go. <sighs> all right, I'm going to squeeze this last one in here. Uh, so, of course, we're all very aware of the ongoing situation in Ukraine, and I found um, some statements interesting by some religious leaders in Ukraine, uh, leaders of the Independent Orthodox Church of Ukraine called Russian President Vladimir Putin the modern-day Antichrist who is going against the will and law of God in his uh, ongoing invasion. And this follows a previous statement made by Metropolitan Epiphanes I of Ukraine who said, the who echoed that basically saying the spirit of the antichrist operates in the leader of russia so the question is you know how do you feel about these um overtly political statements being made by religious leaders and do you you know even if you may agree with them is being this overtly political okay is this exactly what's called for what do you think and will it make a will it matter Yes, it's okay. No, I don't think it'll matter. But I, I, I think yes. I think uh, clergy and religious leaders should be more political. I, you know, uh, you know, politics ostensibly is uh, and is about governance, right? It's the it's it's. I, I think of politics as like the the social element of governance, and and governance is how we agree to be with each other, and there has to be um um a, a spiritual component to that so i think yes i think more i think religious leaders generally should be more vocal not necessarily partisan but reminding people of um, um as you get into civic engagement um do the do the civic engagement that reflects spiritual ideals yep as opposed to you know just being partisan uh, about it. Although, if they were partisan and said "Don't vote for Putin," I'd probably say that's okay too. <laughs> sure, we'll give you that one. No, I mean, I mean, because it's, well, because it's that it's that it feels to me like that tricky ground where, like, it, just thinking about like our country. Like when we see folks on the religious right sort of speaking out politically and 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 sort of what we feel like crossing the line of church and state and abusing it, like we don't like that. We disagree with it. And yet when we see people who agree with us speaking out politically, we do like it. So mm -hmm. I, I just wonder about the is the speaking politically the issue or is it just you can speak politically as long as it's what I agree with? I don't think this is just... I, I don't think this situation is just political statements, right? Like it isn't like me standing up talking about Trump or speaking out against a senator or whatever. Like this is someone who has declared war and is invading your country yeah. and has used their position of power to do so. People are dead, like actively because of orders you have put into place. And, and I do think that that is a line where yes, strong political statements are not only appropriate, but necessary. Yeah. And, and I think that's a difference in what we're talking, like, I, I don't wanna get too broad and be like, can we paint all political statements? Do they have to go in this bucket? I think there is a difference. Yeah, yeah. This isn't just political speech in a vacuum. This is very specific to their situation. It is. And I, and, and in this, you know, later, like comparing him with, you know, saying that Hitler is who Putin has become. And I think that's a fair statement, quite honestly. And I think that it's not just a fair statement as opinion. I think he's showing like there is action behind that as well. Yeah. Um, especially in the early stages of Third Reich and what was going on and the way things were happening and, you know, like speeches he has made and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so I don't, I don't think any of this is um, overreaction. Like what, like Ogan said, will it have much of an impact? I don't know that it will for the Ukrainian people. Cause I don't, I think it's, they're already feeling the same way. 
Yeah. Like that's where the impact is, right? The impact is when you say something that will change someone's mind, not when you're saying something that they already believe. But don't you think at least there's affirmation that, oh, I'm so glad our religious speakers are are not being not shying away from this. Like it's it's a, a validation at least of of, of yeah, and that's important. I mean, yeah. and that's important. Right. But I, I just um like a solidarity piece, I guess. Yeah. But I, I, well, and maybe that's like, what kind of impact? I mean, um, it's not, so it's certainly not going to be the impact where Putin's like, oh, well, now the religious leaders are speaking. I mean, my bad, my bad, I'm going to back off now. Right. Like, it's certainly not going to have that impact. I don't think it's going to have impact on the way the Ukrainians are responding or that, like. Well, well, it will, I think it will impact that impact them from the point of view of giving them a little bit more hope and inspiration right um, because you know we got we got school teachers and like uh, bus drivers out getting rifles to defend their city so to have religious leaders coming out and making statements to it that that will encourage them support them sort of like you know lift them up I I, I think that's important and as opposed to just being uh, uh too pacifist about it, right? Yeah. No, I I hear that, and I I guess I, part of it is the language of what motivates, right? Like calling someone an antichrist does not motivate me to, you know. But that's because I think I I think I grew up in a place where everything was the antichrist, so yes, like I'm yes. kind of immune to it. Yeah, and Ogan, you had a reaction to this too, that language. Well, 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 from the from the 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 point of view of of so that word antichrist will will for different people will carry a lot more weight right, right. so if you're a person who is literally believing in god as being and and satan as being and 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 the weird prophecies of revelation that right. speak of of yes. like if 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 you are a literalist in that way like this carries some weight for you if you're not a literalist in any way shape or form like this this kind of doesn't mean anything for you because then you know how many how many antichrists are gonna show up you know in 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 your lifetime and yeah i think we've reached the quota right exactly (laughs) we might have well and so as much as i bristle at that part of the quote when he goes on to talk about the devotion to evil his ruthlessness his false religiosity like i agree with all of those things yes right so it I'm getting hung up on language that I don't need to be hung up on, right? Yeah. Like, and, and the way I, uh, you know, the way I want to sort of reframe Antichrist is basically being against the ways of Christ, right? Exactly. Not, not sort of a cosmic end of times being, but no, you just, you are reflecting the opposite of the values of the Jesus of history. And that's a problem. Yes. And, and we absolutely should do that and talk about, and talk about idolatry, right? Like you want to go back to the temptation, we can pretty much say where Putin said, yes, yes, yes. Like I will do all of these things, you know, like I will give myself bread and give everyone else stones. I will take all the authority and heaven, you know, or on earth, I will take it all. And I will sign my soul over to, you know, worshiping myself versus worshiping God anytime. So like, go back to that moment of temptations. Yeah. Putin has said yes. Yeah. And for our Russian Russian listeners, that's da, da, da. (laughs) Right? Isn't that? I don't know. It is. I don't know if you've seen. Thanks, Brian. The the cringy, I'm I'm moving this on. The the cringiest videos have been, uh, I don't know if you've seen the scenes of, of, of um, Putin talking to like his war cabinet or, or people Mm -hmm. in the, in, oh my gosh, where he's like government circle, right? And they're trying to like talk him down a little bit. And he's 30 and, feet away from them. And well, not only that, but but he's he's just sitting there smirking, like, like, uh, I'm not asking you if you agree with this in theory. Are we doing this or are we not doing this? Because right. they know what'll happen if they say no. So it's like it is like intimidation oh. yeah. and, and bullying in, in that moment. And it's 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 cringy to watch and it's horrible to watch. And and there's a piece of you that that goes, you know, 
it's it it seems it it seems almost unfair not almost unfair it is unfair because of of ukraine's status is you know they're not in nato they and 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 the us has already declared we're not we're not sending troops in so it's like this thing was a foregone conclusion before it even started no one's put in boots on the ground and the best they can do is is send arms in and you know we're all we're all saying how horrible it is you know might these sanctions work or not work is anybody but what is gonna rise up against putin but what's been really also encouraging to watch is russian citizens protesting this which mm -hmm. is not a thing that that happens in russia right um and and some of them are being arrested for it and i don't think this is gonna end as well as he thinks it is and unfortunately there's gonna be a lot of death and suffering yeah. along the way and 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 yeah. you know as as a side note we're also we're also seeing the wonderful humanitarian um yes. um um aid of the neighboring countries and mm -hmm. uh, uh, and i have to add the footnote the conditional <laughs> wonderful conditional humanitarian aid because this this wonderful aid they ex they're extended to Ukrainians. They were not extended to Syrian and African refugees a few years ago, and it's like, ooh, look at that! Uh, you know, the the unconscious systemic racism is yeah. rare in its ugly head. Again, black people and brown people just can't catch a break anywhere in the world, um, and it's it's like all these nuances are playing out. It, it's uh, like, yeah, it's thing. I hear you. Like it's like oh yeah, these white Europeans need help. Well, look at the outpouring and there should be so i'm not i don't like we should be yeah should be outpouring for we're doing. should be outpouring for everybody <laughs> but yes it shouldn't be limited it shouldn't be targeted it's a whole so, it's a whole thing it so a couple of years ago um jason chestnut who's been on the podcast yeah he has this um podcast about film and faith um whose name i can't remember right now but um he had me on and and they the way they do it is him and Tracy, they, you'll watch a movie and they don't tell you the movie ahead of time oh and they watch the movie and then you just talk about it immediately after. I love and the it. movie they had me watch was the death of Stalin. Oh, mm. oh. Um, and it's a funny movie. Like it's a, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a joke movie, but it's, um, but I didn't, and, and you're not allowed to like Google during the film or anything. Right. So like, <laughs> I was like, you had me on for the wrong show. Cause I know nothing about, <laughs> russian history like i know nothing about this period of time but like i googled it afterwards and some of it is you know like it it took the events but made it joke like made it in a funny way it's a comedy but every time we talk about this i'm like this has happened before in russia and in oh, recent yeah. history yeah. you know like if anybody knows how to take down a dictator it's russia so let's like i'm not gonna i mean he could do a lot of damage in the meantime don't get me wrong yeah yeah but like if anybody can caesar this guy it's russia so that's why he's sitting 30 feet away like those memes are funny but they're real like they're yeah. very very real yeah <laughs> yep he's like nobody's sitting close to me during this time exactly <laughs> well friends thank you for joining us today um for pub theology live sorry i have to scroll down my thing to get to the right script. did you forget where you were <laughs> right. i know it's not our usual tuesday but it's like <laughs> you can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on patreon <laughs> get access to pre and post show banter and more visit patreon.com pt live to get started and a big thank you to our current patrons Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Our top cities this week were Amarillo, Texas, St. Paul, Minnesota, and Somerville, Massachusetts. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook, or today is Monday, at around 4.30 p.m. We start at around 3.30. Um, find our ignore, creative so ignore all, ignore all Basically that. set an alert that when we go live, you'll get notified. There you go. Um, and I do have to shout out uh, Facebook watcher uh, Judy, who at the beginning of the show uh, told us that Friday was her favorite day of the week, because weekend. Because so, weekend. Thanks for watching, Judy. Find or create a pub theology in your town. Learn more at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
I'm just glad you're taking the test trip to Europe for us. You can sort of. There you of, go. I will let you know. We're flying into London. We're flying into Edinburgh. We're going to take some trains and some you're cars. Gonna gonna and it's going to be fine. The it queen will fine. protect me. Fine. I've seen I've seen enough British historical dramas to know the Queen will protect me. Yes, exactly. She really likes Scotland. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll all be fine.